making money isn't the first thing we think about ever, um, which I don't advise doing that, I guess. But we still do. It's it's community first, right? So it's like a very community-driven business. Having someone who is very like, you do need to make money. You could do this, one little thing, change this, raise this price by a dollar, whatever, and that will, over the course of the year, make you this much more money. It's like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do that, thanks. (laughs) From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. Today, we sit down with Natalie Miller, voice talent, actress, singer, comedian, and co-owner of Vermont Comedy Club. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury, recording from the Consolidated Communications Technology Hub in downtown Burlington, Vermont. Natalie, hello. Hello. What a sight for sore eyes. It's nice to see humans again. Right? And Mm -hmm. I mean, two of the best, right, Dave? This is spring. Right here, right? Says it all. Welcome back. I walked up the hill. I walked up the hill. That's huge. That's Not a lot of people will walk up the hill for Dave and I, but Mm -hmm. this means a lot. (laughs) um, We don't provide Uber fare home, however, so it's a two-way sort of deal. It's easier. The way down is way easier. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll give you a little shove. Um, (laughs) So first of all, I think the last time we we tapped you on the shoulder was for our Female Founder Series in 2016, season one, Dave. We were kids. Kids. Babies. Oh, my God. And so I can't believe you came back because I really botched it that first year. No way. It was so fun. No, it was so, so fun. And I had never, I remember... um, um, that was where I, I actually like formally met um, Bess O'Brien, yeah. who I had I had never met in person before somehow. Another champ. Um, right. So yeah, it was awesome. Good. I still have people too. There was a there was someone who came up to me at at a show that recently that said that they had been there as a college student oh. and that they had like yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's they so still think awesome. About it. You know, it's amazing. The programming and the connections and the words that are shared, like uh, they live, right? It goes to seven, the female founders can be seen in seven states, which is amazing and public access and radio and, um, and you know you probably have gotten a lot better since then at, at talking about stuff. So I'm, I would I'm looking forward so. to it today. Yeah, yeah. let's hope so because you know I would again, assume so. We're all babies back then doing this thing. I probably said a bunch of things that I disagree with now who knows well we'll have to go back to our notes and, and check but, yeah. <laughs> but I think uh I think we're ready to jump in here and let's like get an update let's do so it. first let's get a little refresher here tell us about yourself how did you get into comedy uh so I I grew up in the northeast kingdom and then I went to New York to theater school and I tried improv for the first time when I was in theater school Hated it because I was a total control freak. And I was like, I don't, it can't compute uh, that there is no wrong thing to say. Like, tell me what to say, please, because I don't. Um, And then it was like a decade later that I stumbled back into comedy. And I was always, you know, I wanted to be a very serious actress. And so I was like, give me the, give me the juicy stuff. And they're like, no, you're going to do this funny role or this funny song. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, you're funny. So you're going to do that. But then eventually when I came back to comedy, it was in Vermont and um, I started doing stand-up. My husband Nathan was doing stand-up first 
And I was in the audience for like six months, maybe, maybe six months. And I was like, I can do that. So, <laughs> so I started getting on stage at open mics and uh, it kind of snowballed from there. Wow. So you were not into it to start. That's so surprising to me. Mm-mm. Yeah, I was like... I'm a, I have a, an odd origin story. I was going to go to school for science. That was like, um, I went to an orientation at University of Maryland. I was going to be a terp wow. in their honors biology program. And then at the very last minute, I like had a uh, meltdown and switched to a musical theater conservatory. Whoa. Do you remember like wow. what, what caused that shift or like? Yeah, I got cast in a, in a musical my senior year of high school. I got cast in Guys and Dolls. Cool. And the woman who was directing it was a, uh, she was new to town. It was like a brand new theater person. And um, and then there was a woman in the audience who came up to me afterwards and was like, you know, you're really good at this. Can I give you voice lessons? And I was like, I can't afford to do that. And so she said, I'll do it for free. So I said, okay. And then she actually was the one that like drove me down to New York to my audition. Um, awesome. Yeah. Anyway, blah blah blah. Yeah, I have. That's mentors have gotten me through. She uh, she got me to that place where I was confident enough to be like, you know what, I'm gonna do what I'm feeling passionate about. And then in school, there was this vo- another voice teacher. It's usually been voice teachers, but. Um, who really like helped me break out because I was such a control freak and um, so logical all the time. Mm, um, the science brain. Mm-hmm. And so it, it took a while for me to like really tap into my creativity. Now I'm so far in the other direction that I I feel like I have a hard time getting back. No going, <laughs> no, no going back. All yeah. Right. All right. That's so cool. That I feel like is like really inspiring because I think whenever I think of comedians, I think like you – you know, you're born with it, you do it since you were a kid. But I was listening to one, we were talking about podcasts earlier, and one of the ones I listened to is Smartless. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I love. Love Jason Bateman. Oh, my love God. Will Arnett. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so good. And uh, it was, I think it was, uh, they were interviewing Will Forte, who's one mm-hmm. of my favorites, and he was like in finance. Yeah. And that just blew my mind because he's one of those people where you just hear him talk and you immediately start laughing because he's just a funny, funny person. But that was such a good reminder for me of like people even in comedy come from so many different backgrounds. Totally. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Ken Jeong was a surgeon. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I love it. It's totally wild. But I mean, we've always like loved comedy. When I was growing up, I would just sit and watch reruns of SNL all the time. And, you know, my I have a twin brother. We would always do Urkel impressions because that was the height of comedy oh, of in, the, in the mid-90s, in the yep, you know, yep, in the kingdom. kingdom. Yeah, in the 90s, Urkel, big, yeah. big Urkel community up there. Um, so I think it's just like there's also this, this – there's also this, like, realization, oh, this is a thing you can do, which right. I didn't have that moment. Right. Until my senior year of high school, yeah, that like, oh, this is a this is I a career. Like you could do this because there isn't really you don't see it up there. 
you know? And it's like, yeah, you go watch movies, but you're like, well, those are special, beautiful people that I, I see on right. the screen. And that's exactly the right point in life where you don't know what you don't know, right? Right, So exactly. it takes some awesome person and an audience coming out to say something or a mentor mm-hmm. or... I mean, I, I thought it might have been like a two hundred dollar biology book or something that you had to buy. You're like, oh, oh. forget that. I'm going to the I'm going to the arts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually I went down to my orientation down there and I asked if I could take music classes because I was like, all right, I might want to like maybe I'll double major. Maybe I'll I hadn't made that complete switch, and they basically were like, no, you 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 are on this track. Yeah, you have to take all science classes. You wouldn't be able to take any music classes until at least next year. And then even then it would be like one elective. One elective. Yeah. And I was like, no, can't no. do it. Can't and it was that. such a good – my life would be so different. My life would be so different right now if I had done that. We'd be going Dr. Natalie. Maybe. <laughs> Could you tell us about yeah. – uh, My older sister is a, has a doctorate in organic chemistry. So, Whoa. yeah, probably would have. My brother has a degree in chemical engineering. So, we, yeah. Hmm. Probably, definitely would have been a scientist of some kind. Well, I bet I bet that makes your craft all the more powerful, right? Because you, you you've got the capacity and sort of maybe some early training to think one way, mm-hmm. right? And now that you're a little bit fearless and and fun and free, you can really point out these little inconsistencies or definitely. the ironies in life, and it's it's got to just create magic moments. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely helps. Like that's one of the things that a lot of comedians talk about is like you have to live a life outside of comedy. If all you're doing is going to open mics and doing shows, you're not experiencing anything. So like what the heck are you going to have to talk about? You know, like how are you going to observe things if all you're doing is sitting in a bar? Um, You know, I mean, not that things don't happen in bars, but you have to like live a life. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Tell us about the Vermont Comedy Club. Okay. And how folks can get involved. and Sure. So we were at 101 Main Street in Burlington, and we're open pretty much seven days a week uh, for different various things. We do classes, improv and stand-up classes, um, and some sketch classes too now, which is exciting. Um, so you can sign up on the website for those. And there are all different kinds of classes at all different kinds of price points. Um, and time commitments. So we do like six-week classes that are a little bit more intensive or we'll do like, oh, here's a two-hour class on a Saturday, Mm. you know? So um, we try to get everyone involved, anyone who wants to do it. so great. You can like take away that excuse for not trying it. Exactly. Yeah. We actually just this last weekend, we um, piloted our uh, Improv for Anxiety program, which is really exciting because um, I'm someone that. who has struggled with anxiety my entire life, and um, improv has been the thing and medication. Well, let's be honest, <laughs> medication. <laughs> but after medication, improv has been the thing that has helped me the most with that. Um, so that was like a two-hour workshop on a Saturday specifically for people with anxiety like and doing improv exercises to like help that. Um, There's another class that's going on right now, which is improv for D&D players. Oh my God. So it's like a specific improv class targeted towards people who play D&D. So we're, we're getting like granular with these things. How do, how do you come up with those specific sort of cohorts or, or classes? I mean, do you have a whole list you've thought of, or is it coming up from the community? A little bit of both. I think the improv for anxiety classes 
something that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, because I, I think it is like that science brain of mine, kind of like improv for anxiety. We've done a lot of work um, doing improv classes for people on the spectrum. And like, I want to take those those classes and eventually like work it to a place where it's like, okay, we do a survey before and then we do the class and then we do something after and then we can measure like, you know, measure the growth or measure the change that it actually makes and that kind of nerdy stuff. Um, but sometimes, yeah, the, the D&D class was Sam Kernett, uh, who has worked with us since we opened. He was the first person we hired in 2015 and he still works at the club and he teaches and he plays D&D. He loves it. And so he was like, I think this would be a home run. And we're like, okay. Because we just, you know, we have faith in the people that work for us. And it filled like instantly Whoa. with a bunch of people that we didn't even know, had never done anything before. Um, so it's cool. Sometimes we get, yeah, sometimes That's we get really requests neat. from the community and other times it's just like a brainstorm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So oh. great. So one of the things I wanted to ask you, because obviously you do shows as well, like, do you have a hard time finding talent or is, is Vermont a funny state? Um, is Vermont a funny state? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, you have to be, right? Is this something that you've fought, that you've argued about? I think you have to have a sense of humor in Vermont because the winters are so long and the seasonal depression is real. Um, you gotta, you totally. gotta make yourself laugh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our busy season is the winter, right? Because like, People want to be inside and warm and laughing um, because it's depressing and cold outside totally. and dark. Totally. <laughs> and are you like you've, you know, you've been open since 2015. You're mm -hmm. very involved in the scene. Like, mm -hmm. are you still surprised? Do you still meet people that are like come out of the woodwork? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and it was kind of like it, it's interesting because during the pandemic, um, a lot of people in the scene moved away. So it was either they, I mean, a lot of comedians in Vermont, especially, but everywhere are young. They're in their twenties, you know, they're working, um, restaurant jobs or whatever. So a lot of them couldn't afford to live on their own. So they moved home to their parents or they used it as an opportunity to, um, move to one of the bigger markets because like, rent in LA and New York and everything went way down. Way down. Um, so, or Chicago. So a lot of people moved out of the scene. And when we were getting ready to reopen, we were like, oh, geez, what's going to happen? Um, but of course, a lot of people also moved to Vermont mm. during the pandemic. So um, there are a lot of people who moved from New York. So we've got Especially in the improv community. It's sort of like recycled a little bit, yeah, right? The gene totally. pool turned over. Can you imagine the material moving on with mom and dad for two oh years that it would like bring? Like, yeah. Wow. I, I can't imagine. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, so – and then the scene just like rebuilds itself. It, it's yeah. really amazing to see. Um, comedy is one of those things that – is on a lot of people's bucket lists, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we never, our open mic is one of our busiest nights of the week. Um, there's always people that come out. And we have a lot of like college kids come down for the open mic too, just to watch. And then after a couple of weeks, they're like, well, I want to try this. Yeah. Cool. So it's, um, yeah, we never, we never run out of people. That's and amazing. Then, yeah. And then we have people, you know, I try to book, 
the club with like a diverse lineup of people so that because uh, I feel like if you're sitting in the audience, you need to see yourself reflected oh, on stage totally. to feel like, oh, this is something I can do, um, which is very much like what we were talking about before, where like in the 90s and early 2000s, like if you weren't a blonde stick, then you weren't on screen anywhere or you weren't like a, a pop singer, you weren't whatever. Like yeah. I didn't really see myself reflected as a professional so I didn't think that I could do it. Right. Um, so now I just try to like, yeah, book that diverse lineup so that it brings people from the community in and they can see that person on stage and be like, oh, maybe I could do that. Like I might be able to do that. I love that. That's so important. Can we um, talk about the business and this yeah. leap you all took? Because um, we were reminiscing before we started about you visited here at VSET just as we were setting up that mm-hmm. that maybe August or September 2014. Um, we didn't give you any money. Mm-hmm. We were trying <laughs> to be encouraging. Um, and you've definitely shown the jokes on us with, well, your, with your success. So um, thanks. <laughs> Let's just some, let's just talk about um, what it was like to start a business because sometimes there's a, little, there's a little bit of a form of a PTSD, you know, post traumatic startup syndrome. Oh yeah, okay. So for sure. you know, what have you learned, and, and what might you advise the the next generation out there thinking of oh, wow. starting something? I learned a lot. I mean, neither of us, Nathan and I, neither of us have a, a business background of any kind. Um, so we kind of like got a crash course. We, I would definitely, if you're in Vermont, I would recommend. Um, the Small Business Development Center. I think that's how we found out about you and about a lot of people. Um, so that is like a really good first step. They have all this stuff that like uh, you can put numbers into to help you build a business plan and um, it's free, which is great. Um, so that's one thing. But I... I don't know that I would do it again. <laughs> I mean, I would do this. I wouldn't take this back. But, um, you know, people always ask us, like, do you think that you would open another location in a different state? Which, of course, we've talked about because, as we mentioned, Vermont is horrible in the winters. We don't ski. We don't do any of those things. And so we're like, oh, could we open one of these in, like, the Carolinas or somewhere and then be there during the horrible months of uh, of the winter? But I... I don't know. It was so much. It was so much stress and so much pressure. Um, What would I say to people? Uh, Whatever your build-out timeline is, add six months to it at least Mm -hmm. uh, because there are always delays in a build-out. And I think just, like, keep going because we – that is something about us that we're very persistent and there have been many, many times throughout our, um, like, the building of of the comedy club from, you know, booking one show a week and performing in barns to where we are right now that any sane person would have quit, I think. Yeah. I think you have to be a little off. You have to be a little off to be an entrepreneur and you have to be a little off to be a comedian. So it kind of works. Like double off. Mm -hmm. Double off. How important was it to have a partner in this? Oh, super important. I mean, and I think that's also like together, Nathan and I are both um, workaholics 
and which is not good necessarily. Um, but we also are both creative people and we're both improvisers. So once we start going on an idea, it snowballs really quickly. Um, and having someone to bounce ideas off of and having someone to, you know, like the support system too, of just like, Mm. this is a bad, like we had a bad day. We made a pitch that didn't work. Or we like, we just found out that we're not going to be able to hit our opening date because X, Y, and Z, um, you know, having a partner in that is, is super important. I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have, I don't think either one of us would have made it on our own. Um, we would have quit probably. I don't know. You can't ever say, (laughs) but, and how have you managed? Like, you know, for some people it's like, I can't imagine going to business with anyone besides my spouse for Mm -hmm. others. It's sort of the opposite. Any sort of advice or tips for folks on like what has worked for you all in your relationship and as business partners and spouses? Yeah. I mean, we're still, I mean, it's a constant, um, growth, right? You're constantly working on, on your relationship. And I think it, Certainly being in business with your your significant other, it can cause a lot of stress, um, especially when you don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything. Um, but communication, open communication, just like in any relationship, is super important. Um, and then also we find that we divide up the tasks based on our strengths. And that's just exactly what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Like what, what aspects do you typically handle and what aspects does Nathan handle? So it's actually really funny because we've kind of swapped. So at the beginning when we were, when we were building our business plan and pitching, like I was the person who was good at science and math and I was going to like do all of that stuff. I'm also kind of like the more aggressive, um, <laughs> like a more aggressive and more uh, experienced performer. So I was like carrying a lot of the weight of of the pitches and like all of, Asking, all of that kind of stuff. Making the asks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and so I was doing a lot of that stuff. And then I was doing all the bills. I was handling all of that stuff, blah, 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 blah. Since the pandemic, like during the pandemic, it gave us this time to kind of like think about what we wanted Um, because that was another, that's like another example of like a sane person might have just been like, okay, I'm washing my hands of this, done. Um, But that's, I I can't, I truly, I don't even know what else we would do. There's nothing else I could think of that I would want to At do. At some point when you work for yourself, you become unemployable. Yeah, absolutely. There is no option. You yeah. might have had that in 2015, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. No, I don't think even that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do, I tried to work at an office um, and it lasted one day. I went in for a training no. and it was like a cubicle <laughs> situation and I had never been in a situation like that before. That was in. That was probably in like 2012 or 2013 or something like that. And I went in for one day and then I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. This is not for me. I think it's really important like to find out what you don't want to be or do. Like sometimes the world of options gets smaller, right? Yeah. So rule that out. Like I didn't want to be a stockbroker. I did an internship in college Mm because I had to wear socks. Mm -hmm. It's like, (laughs) no, why would I ever want to be a stockbroker? Yeah. But so during the pandemic, we were talking about like what are the things we enjoy doing and what are the things we don't enjoy doing. And um, Nathan had been booking the club, and one of the things he didn't enjoy doing was negotiating with agents. And I was like, I don't care about – like, I can do that. Um, 
And he got more confidence in balancing books and stuff like that. So now Nathan does all the bills and I do more of the booking. Cool. Um, so it's really, it. I mean, people change over time, right? Um, and then if one of us is like, I got depression, sure. So if I'm going through a depressive episode, he picks up the work that I do, or there's also, we have an incredible staff. But, um, but it's great that you can both kind of step in and cover mm-hmm. aspects of that because I think having one task that one person knows how to do is like a really scary way to yes. operate a business. Yeah, absolutely. you never know. Yeah. 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 And I think true, truly, I mean, one of the good things that came of COVID, I think, is people are more mindful of like mental health and how that mm-hmm. impacts business and what we can do to, you know, take better care of ourselves and, and mm-hmm. to take mental health days or weeks or months and, and mm-hmm. figure out what we need for that. Yeah. Therapy. That's something else. Yeah. yeah. Get, get your, if you're going to open a business, just get a therapist. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> you're going to have hard Small business days. development center help and a therapist. therapist. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Speaking of of resources early on, can you talk a little bit about how you funded the business? I and mean, we know Dave didn't give you a check, so. Yeah, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah um, I mean, we did get investors. Um, mostly people were giving like smaller amounts of money. Like friends and family um, type of. I wouldn't even say friends and family, but like, because we're, we're, no. But um, it would be like, you know, like a ten thousand here, a ten thousand yeah. there, and the angel and, investor. Too. Right? Was it, was it yeah. equity crowdfunding? Did you do? Uh, no, we did just... a crowdfunding campaign, yeah. um, and we raised. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. I can't remember. I want to say like fifty or sixty grand, but it might have been less than that. It wasn't more than that, but it might have been less. Um, it, but it's I, your story. We're not going to fact check you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they might. I don't know. Whoever's listening to this might. Um, it was a long time ago. Is the point. Um, So we did get some investors, some people from, um, like, fans of the local comedy scene or whatever. And then um, one person who is invested in the club who owns some other comedy clubs. Oh, cool. So that was someone who we got connected to through an agent. Mm. Um, And they were very helpful in helping us put our business plan together as well. Um, And so that person ended up uh, investing a more significant amount of money. Um, that's got to be a comfort, like someone who's been there, done like, that. Right? Totally. Like, the value added investor we talk about. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, their um, their advice has been really, uh, really, really, really important. Um, and we they have learned some stuff from us, too. <laughs> I think we're very like uh, we're not typical business people, maybe typical business people in Vermont, but not typical business people in the sense that like making money isn't the first thing we think about ever, Um, which I don't advise doing that, I guess, but we still do. It's, it's community first, right? So it's like a very community driven business. Um, But having someone who is very like, but you do need to make money, but you do, uh, but you could do this one little thing, change this, raise this price by a dollar, whatever. And that will over the course of the year, make you this much more money. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. Thanks. (laughs) So 
Amazing. So uh, COVID, obviously, big impact, mm-hmm. shut down. How did you respond? And you've done some really neat things with employees and other things. Could you just say what maybe maybe there were some real good positive things that have come out of it? Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, yeah, COVID was um, really hard. When we first closed down, we, um, we weren't sure how long it was going to last. You know, I mean, I think that I, um, because I have anxiety, I had gone to Costco Oh, like a month before everything shut down and really loaded up. Um, you, you probably saw knew, my mom there. Yeah, Just, I knew it wasn't going to be two weeks, which is yeah. what a lot of people were thinking. Um, but we started doing, um, we took donations for our staff for maybe the first month or something like that um, online on our website. And so we were able to send some money out to them, which was really good. Um, and then... What else? I mean, then we just kind of sat there. We still did, um, we did a lot of digital shows to try to like keep people's um, spirits up. So that was important. We did a lot of like comedian uh, brunch, Zoom brunches and things like that, or staff Zoom brunches. Um, And so it kind of like kept the community together during, during the time that we were closed. Um, and then when we came back, what am I, what am I trying to say? When we came back, I guess, um, oh, we started paying everyone $15 an hour. That is a thing that we did. Um, and what else? And then how long have you been? Oh, I know what else. We started a Patreon too, which was, is not a staff thing, but it's very different. Um, and that has been super successful something that we had thought about for a long time, but kind of like having that, you know, when you're, when you're running a business, you're kind of in it. And sometimes you can't see past the next day. And so having that time gave us, um, you know, we could really look big picture. Um, and so Patreon is an example of one of those things that we'd wanted to do for a long time and we finally did it and, oh, it does work. So, um, that, is cool. Yeah. So, and you, you were closed for a long time, Yeah. 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to reopen if it wasn't for the shuttered venue operators grant. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Yeah. And do you think, I mean, now you're, you're back open, you, um, have a lot going on. Like, do you think Mm -hmm. looking back, you know, is there anything that's that you feel has like made the business stronger? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think again, like thinking about what we like to do and what we don't like to do, when we came back, we were like, okay, we need to hire these three people. Mm. And we did that. Um, and that's again, that's like freed us up to be more creative and more like think bigger picture, uh, not get so bogged down in the weeds. Um and it's made the business more sustainable too, because it's not it before the pandemic. I feel like if I had been hit by a car, then it wouldn't have been able to function right. without me. I was just there all the time yeah. and doing so much. So I think just having that idea of like, oh, no one is 
uh, we could all die at any moment. <laughs> that was my takeaway from the pandemic. You do remember you're walking home from here, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, Careful. Yeah, so well, there was also, there was this other moment where we, we paid our loan off. We got a loan, too. I didn't mention that. We did get a loan from Opportunities Credit Union, which has now been fully paid off. Yay! Um, but when we got that loan, they made us take out... One of the contingencies was you have to take out a life insurance policy for the exact amount of the loan, which is like, oh, they're going to kill us. <laughs> like, that is, it's so creepy when you think about it. Um, it's also tough to see a, a dollar value on your life, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. I right. should have borrowed more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's not uncommon. Yeah. No, I don't okay. think it is, All but right. it's, it's, just, it's, it's um, not a comedy club only thing. So no, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah, no. But it, it, but it is very like, oh, I see. I see how this is. Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah. I, I do have to, I, and I'm like kicking myself for not knowing about the Happy Place Cafe. Oh, yeah. That's, Tell oh, us about First that. time I heard about it right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, that was another thing we've talked about for a really long time is because the space, it just kind of sits empty during the day. Like we've done it's such a cool space. Yeah, we've done some space rentals for large businesses that this was before the pandemic, like 7th Gen would do big meetings there. And um, we were always doing like our corporate improv workshops and stuff like that. Um, but the space was mostly empty during the day. And we had talked about wanting to open a cafe for a really long time just to kind of like have something like have life there during the day um, and be able to sell tickets during the day and whatever. It's also just an extension of the community space. Mm. Um, so we open the cafe. It's going really well. We've got some dope breakfast sandwiches. What? Sam? Um, I know. <laughs> this is like, Dave and I are Is it constantly. open tomorrow? Yeah, it's open seven days a week. Game changer. Yeah. This is a Visa game changer. Mm. Wow. Look. Easy parking out front too. Mm -hmm. Just pop right in. Okay, we're there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so that's been really... Great. And then also that has accelerated, um, you know, the awareness of like, oh, yeah, we rent our space, especially during the day yeah. or at night. We're doing three different comedian wedding events in the next three months. That's so fun. Uh-huh. And they're not even local comedians. Like, Whoa. it's really, it's awesome. So, um, and then Julia Fernando, who is our, she's the... Um, artistic director of the training center. She's gone like full into corporate training stuff. So that's one thing that we did those online. We did corporate trainings online during the pandemic, which is like a really super fun way to just like raise the spirits of a company that's been forced to be on Zoom doing meetings all Far the time. Long, yeah. um, so that actually picked up. And since, since we've reopened, that's like that wing of our business is really wow. exploding. So it's cool to see, um, especially since it's like this thing that could have destroyed us as like a nightlife venue. Yeah. And it actually does feel like it made the business stronger. So, so I'm grateful cool. for that. That's so great. Wow, Sam. I know. I'm learned so much. And mostly I'm just here going, wow, I probably should have invested in her. <laughs> And Nathan, like, well, you know, it's actually kind of helpful because you think about what the business was and mm -hmm. your experiences, and it's really difficult to predict the future. Totally. Right? Well, it's essentially, and it's like, a, I mean, a restaurant is a very, it's a bar and a restaurant and an entertainment venue, all of which are like highly unpredictable, 
risky, right, you know, right. like I don't blame you for not Well, we don't investing. do restaurants, retail, right. real estate, and I won't do algae. So, algae? Yeah. yeah. Sure. But mostly I, I don't understand it. <laughs> sorry to all you algae, algae lovers out heads. there. Um, yeah, no, I don't blame you. It, it, but I'm happy. I'm like, it's awesome when you see something for yourself and you're like, I can see how all of these things could could come to be. And some of the stuff that was in the business plan we're not doing and other stuff that we're doing was not in the business plan. So it's, it's really, um, you just have to kind of adjust, be agile. I love it. I love, we drive down main street and we see the Vermont comedy club sign and I'm like, fuck, they did it. This is like (laughs) all these years later. It's really, Mm -hmm. it's really awesome. So that was such a genuine F bomb. I love it. it? (laughs) Sorry. Oops. Oops. Love it. Apparently, apparently the F bombs coming back in the new casual oh. workplace. People are holding on to things they did at home, and they're bringing it into the workplace. So yeah. stay tuned for that one. All right. Love it. Well, thank you guys for having me. Oh my god. Oh, oh, we're not done yet. Oh, okay, great. We got magic wand time. Oh, sorry. Okay. If you could change one thing in Vermont using your magic wand, weather. That's it. What would you change? Weather. 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 Winter weather. It would be. Here's what I would love. I love the snow. I love how it looks. It's pretty. But I just want it to be a little warmer. And we know everyone loves, all the skiers, skiers love, like spring skiing, right? Where you can ski in a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. Yes. So I think it should just, if it could just not, it can snow all the same. It can do all the same stuff. But if it could just stay at 50. Wow. Okay. That's, we got to work on it, but we'll do our best. Yeah. I like this idea of the Snowbird Comedy Club. Yeah. Somewhere worn. I think, I think work on that mm-hmm. one. So, Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your, your story and your journey so far with us today. Yeah, thank you. This has been Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series is supported by the Vermont Technology Council and Consolidated Communications. Let's go for a laugh and hit the Vermont Comedy Club soon. <laughs>